friends, welcome to the Link Fitness Show. I'm your host, Marissa Deshong, aka Link, and I'm here to motivate and educate on all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset to help you create an energized and healthy lifestyle. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Link Fitness Show. I do apologize that I am pretty nasally. My allergies are kicking my butt today, but we're not going to let that stop me. So today I wanted to kind of go over like a Q&A, um, some of my most frequently asked questions, give as best of an answer as I could without making this podcast three hours long, and you know, just help you out. So if anybody at any point ever has any questions that they want to hear on a podcast or want anything to be covered on a podcast, please don't hesitate to let me know. I'd be more than happy to cover that for you. So let's just dive right into it. The first question is, since doing workouts, I've been feeling good, and I think I've lost some inches around my waist. However, my scale has been around the same weight. Should I just worry about how I feel rather than the numbers? This is an amazing, amazing question because I think it's something a lot of people face on their journey. So honestly, there are very few times where I actually give a shit about the scale. Like I've had such a negative mindset around the scale in the past, so I personally just choose to only use it here and there. Like if I tracking my weight for a specific reason, then I'll use it, but I don't really use it just for overall health and fitness. Um, the last time I consistently used it was when I was on prep for a bodybuilding competition. Um, and that really, I had such a negative mindset around my weight with that. So personally, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to the scale and I don't think it's nearly as important as the inches measurement or just overall how you feel. So like, for example, my clients and I, we work on overall feeling and like energy levels and um, the scale and measuring your inches like around your waist or around your arms, or around your legs, all that stuff is optional. Um, so I really leave that up to my clients. I, I make recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's their choice. So I think it can be a helpful tool, but is it necessary? No. Um, if you feel good overall, then that's really what matters. Um, another example is when I was in high school, like graduating high school, I was a fitness freak. Like I was there for two, three hours a day, thought I was having great workouts. And I was so focused on losing weight on the scale, not realizing that I was losing all of my muscle because it was just, I just wasn't good to myself. Um, and at that point I weighed back and forth between 118 and 120. And then I went away to college and I started doing like serious lifting and serious training. And I came home from my first semester of school at 150 pounds. So I gained 30 pounds in my first semester at college. But I felt absolutely amazing when I came home. I was muscular. I felt good. My energy levels were through the roof. That was probably the best I've ever felt. And now to this day, I teeter anywhere from like one. 42 to 148 and that's like my happy zone like that's where my body feels best so personally I don't really care about the scale at all and I focus more on energy levels and just like hitting my macros and fueling my body in the best possible way next question is I have an injury but I still want to exercise it's more of a minor discomfort than it is severe pain how can I work around this so my answer is obviously number one Go see a doctor, talk to your doctor, see what you're allowed to do if you have to do physical therapy or anything like that. Um, but if you are cleared to exercise or you really don't feel it needs a doctor's appointment, that's totally up to you. Um, but my recommendations would be just drop the weight down, um, do assisted exercises or anything that has guidance. So don't do anything where it's 
like throwing you out of whack or you have to really struggle like a bicep curl, for example, if you're doing weight that's a little too heavy for that injury, then maybe you should drop it down and just focus on getting the right form and doing it to the best of your ability. I also recommend having a spotter with all of your exercises if you do have um, an injury. So for example, I have a bum shoulder from my car accident. So whenever I do exercises, I either use so chest press, for example, if I'm laying down doing chest press, I will either lay flat on the floor so my the I can use the floor as my kind of spotter or I'll use a bench next to me or I just ask Drew or whoever I'm working out with to kind of keep their arm under my elbow. That way when I come down, I know it's supported. Um, and then other than that, I would just recommend like lower intensity levels. So when you're exercising, like don't go balls to the wall, crazy all over the place exercises. Stick to the simple stuff, stick to the basics until you're feeling better and then slowly and gradually increase your intensity levels. I am loving answering all these questions, so I hope you're finding these super helpful. We're going to move on to the next question, which is, I calculated my macros as best as I could being a newbie to the fitness world. It's telling me to eat my protein, carbs, and fats in grams. How in the world do I measure that when meal prepping? Whew, okay. Um, so I could honestly talk about macros for hours, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to keep it short and sweet so this isn't like a two-hour long podcast. <laughs> So first thing, macros are an amazing, amazing, amazing freaking tool, but if you don't have any sort of guidance with them, they can be super tricky and super damaging. Um, If you're not getting the proper amount, it can and probably will affect your metabolism and how your body responds to food overall. So my recommendation, honestly, is to get guidance or support or educate yourself to the best of your ability and within your means, so you aren't putting your body at risk. Um, Next, I would just say make sure if you are using a calculator to determine your macros, use multiple calculators, and then from there, determine the average of a couple different ones, so you can find a good fit, but like I said, at the end of the day, a coach is going to be able to give you the most accurate macronutrient count. Um, So when you are prepping, and you have your macros all laid out for you, you're going to need a food scale to measure everything out. So when it says grams, um, we'll just use like ground beef, for example, you want 85 grams of ground beef. So I think that's like three ounces, basically. Um, So just again, that does not mean 85 grams of protein. That means 85 grams is like your serving size. So when you're weighing everything out, okay, you have 85 grams of ground beef. You would weigh that out on the scale, and from there you can portion it out. So if you wanted 85 grams as your serving size, you weigh that out and then transfer that into your meal prep container or put your meal prep meal prep container right on the scale as well, um, and then measure it out that way. So you're basically weighing out your portions based on what your macronutrient goals are. So like I said, like 85 grams isn't 85 grams of protein, it's just... 85 grams is your serving size, and then so if you wanted X amount of protein and 85 grams gives you that, that's your good number for serving size. I hope that makes sense. I know I kind of was all over the place there, but if you have any further questions, like let me know. Um, But like my one-on-one coaching clients get a full breakdown of their macros and how they can effectively hit them. So like I said, having that guidance and that support is extremely crucial in a situation like this because if you aren't following the correct macros for you or you're copying somebody else's macros, you are putting yourself at risk. So 
Just be super, super careful when you are calculating your own macros. But like I said, I could talk macros forever, so that's just like a quick summary basically. Um, So if you have any further questions, let me know and I can do another podcast episode on it. But yeah, so we're going to move on to the next question, which is, can you start breaking out really bad when you work out at the gym? The answer is yes. So when we work out, especially if we work out outside, your skin is like prone to damage just from the environment, um, from the sun, from the wind, just everything outside. Um, But when you work out indoors, sweat can cause like irritation and breakouts just from like the intensity in the gym. Um, especially some people are kind of icky, so it's, it's a germ-ridden area. So just that, like touching your face or touching a dumbbell and then touching your face could clog the pores just from the dirt that's in the gym. Um, so personally, I use Frey Skincare. I highly, highly, highly recommend them. They are absolutely amazing and I use them, I don't want to say daily because some days, I'll be honest, I forget, I kind of suck at skincare sometimes, but Overall, I I use them consistently and I love them and they are the only skincare company that I've ever used and absolutely loved, which is why I promote them as much as I do. Um, But they have a really amazing, like they're formulated specifically for skin that sweats. So they have a really good um, set. It's called the 123 Fray Set. It has a facial cleanser, it has a deep replenishing serum, and then it has SPF 30 moisturizer. So if you do go outside at all, that is a really good... um, found or what's it called moisturizer to have or SPF to have um just to protect your skin from the outside world I feel like the guy from uh bad news bears or whatever that what's that movie called I think it's bad news bears I don't know the guy that sits in his closet comes out with the sword if you know what I'm talking about please share this podcast (laughs) so anyways I, you can break out from working out, so I would recommend it a good cleanser um, just to keep your skin fresh and glowing. So if you are interested in free skincare, let me know. If you have questions, um, I'd be more than happy to help. And I do have a discount code. It's LINK, L-I-N-K. You can use that at checkout to save the money. Okay, and finally, we're going to go on to... Oh, no, we have two more questions. Um, so next is I have an issue with late night snacking. How can I break that bad habit? So I'm going to fill you in on a little secret that all these fad diets and fake fitness professionals don't want you to know. And that is that late night snacking is not bad. What? Mic drop. I know, but it's not bad. Meal timing really honestly doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's calories in versus calories out, plain and simple in a 24 hour time frame. So think about it this way. There are people that work late night shifts, so they are working and eating at night. You know what I mean? So if they have a snack at work and it's 3 a.m., that's not bad late night snacking because they're, I I joke around and say that they're on a different time zone than us, but they are. Like they just have a different schedule than us. And that's, and by us, I just really mean me or anybody that works during the day. So with all of that being said, if you are eating, say you track your macros and you're hitting your macronutrient goal in your 24-hour period, period, you are doing awesome. I don't care what time of the day it is. Great. Whatever works for you is what's going to be important. Um, But if you are eating like 2,000 calories every night at 1 a.m., I'm going to say like, okay, let's, let's look at what you eat during the day. Why does this happen? And get to the root of the issue. 
So nine times out of 10, when you have these late night snacks, it's not always that you are craving this food at 2 a.m. and you can't sleep at night because you're, you're up craving this food. That's not normally the issue. The issue is normally something to do with hydration or sleep cycles or what you're eating during the day. There's tons of factors that can go into it. So when you are having these, what you would consider to be a bad habit, I would highly recommend digging a little deeper and trying to get to the root of the issue than just labeling it as a bad habit. And finally, the last question of the podcast is how do I get back on track after falling off? This is the big question, the question I get asked so, so often. So now I just want to ask you, like, is this you? Do you fall off? Do you teeter on and off? You stick to it for a little bit and then you fall off? Don't worry, I got some tips for you. So tip number one is what is your motivation? Um, We all have different internal and external motivators, so you need to determine what yours are. That may look different for you than it does for me, but at the same time, we could have very similar motivators. Um, But that is something you need to consider when you find yourself like teetering on and off. I would definitely, definitely recommend looking deeper into what motivates you and how you can keep that flame burning. Um, My second tip is to set a plan. So you're more likely to stick with it when you actually have a plan versus just winging it. Um, I can feel this myself. I relate to this on so many freaking levels because when I go to the gym and I have a game plan, I'm in, I'm out, I'm effective as hell, and I crush my freaking workouts. Where when I go in and kind of just willy-nilly wing it and wander around the gym, I don't do nearly as well and I don't feel accomplished when I leave the gym. So I definitely recommend setting a plan for yourself or going in with a general idea of what you want to do um, or at least an order of how you're going to do it. Like if you're going to do cardio first and extra and lifting last or whatever it may be, have some sort of a plan because honestly, decision fatigue will sneak up on you and it sucks when it does. So have a plan, be prepared, lay out your gym clothes, pack your gym clothes, whatever you have to do, but be prepared, be ready to go. And finally, my best tip for this, you know, I've got to save the best for last, of course, is to hire a coach or join a program. If you have a gym buddy and are still falling off, you either, one, need a new gym buddy, or two, need to work on holding your gym buddy accountable as well, because it's only going to hinder your progress. We get so wrapped up in our gym buddies that we feel like, oh, my gym buddy's taking a rest day, that means I can have one too. Well, if your body doesn't feel the need to rest and you are scheduled to work out that day, then why are you resting? You know what I mean? So I definitely recommend um, having a coach or joining a program because it's it's perfect. Like there's days where I don't want to do things and I know I should. So I call my coach and I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and she motivates me. She gets me going. And if you grew up in sports like I did, we were constantly – pushing and wanting to be better because we had a coach and we had teammates there to support us you know what I mean so we knew like hey if I don't do this coach and my teammates are gonna know you know what I mean and we always wanted to show up the best that we could for our teammates and our coach because that was our family you know and that was that was what meant the most to us at the time so having that support and that accountability is so freaking crucial for your success so I would definitely recommend getting a coach, joining a program, getting an accountability group, anything like that. Um, But obviously the higher the level, the more intense and the more accountability that you're going to receive. 
So definitely weigh your options with that. Um, it's something that I will always recommend and I will always participate in myself because if I don't have structure, I will fall off. So I have a plan. I know my motivators and I have a coach to help guide me and support me every step of the way. But that's all I have for you today. So if you have any questions at all, please, please, please let me know. Shoot me a message, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And I will gladly dive a little bit deeper for you. Or if you just love this style of podcast, the Q&A style, I would love to do more of them. So if you're interested, feel free to send me a question that you would like to be answered on a podcast. I would love to do that for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you loved it, please take a screenshot and share it out on your story and tag me so we can share the education and motivation with the rest of the world. It would also mean the world to me if you left an honest review. Once you do, take a screenshot and send it to me at linkfittraining at gmail.com so I can send some goodies your way just to say thank you. Catch you in the next episode. Bye.